I think it's so interesting that as a 28-year-old, I'm still learning so much about myself. Um, I'm learning things that kind of make sense on why I was the way I was when I was younger or how I reacted to different things, you know. And I think um, we should never stop learning about ourselves. We should never stop evolving, stop changing. Um, I think that we should always strive to be better than who we were yesterday. Um, there's always something to improve on, right? But it's just interesting as an adult, um, just kind of learning, <laughs> learning myself, spending time with myself, loving myself, and loving every part of myself, coming to terms with myself. And um, if you see the title of this, it's Find an Adult on the Spectrum. Well, not many people, I guess, know that part of me, um, or the kind of part that I'm still kind of discovering little by little, um, but yeah, so I guess I'll start with how I came to know that, or, um, know that it was even a possibility that I was always with So if you knew me as a kid or when I was younger, you always kind of, I was always a little bit different. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say to the extreme that I felt that there was something different in the way my brain was wired, but I was always different, um, always different from my friends. Um, I thought different. I didn't see things that other people saw so easily. Um, I have always been um, someone who had high levels of emotional sensitivity. And what that kind of means as a kid is um, the smallest thing will disappoint me. The smallest thing will kind of like mess up my whole day or the other way around. The smallest thing would make me super excited. I got I got extra excited over things that other people didn't um but then also there were certain things I didn't understand why people were sad about that it's just like regular stuff right but um it was just it was just different like I just I can't ex like I just had um intense emotions even as a young child like very intense you know um and not to the point where it affected other people necessarily, just kind of me. <laughs> um, I definitely was socially awkward. I kind of never knew where I fit in. And of course, you know, you think, oh, that's normal. Like, you know, kids don't know where they fit in. But I just had really, I had a lot of difficulties when it came to people outside of my friend group. Um, I kind of stuck with the same two or three friends, um, even to this day, like, I'm still kind of like I'm still attached to well, my my main best friend, but I just was socially awkward, you know, and I never understood why I couldn't just be social sometimes. And some people see me and they think, oh, you're so outgoing and you're so friendly. And it took a while to get here. Um, just kind of learn healthy social interactions and stuff like that. Um, it's not necessarily that I couldn't work in a team because I'm thinking I'm a really good team player. It's just like 
I just always felt awkward and uncomfortable and just really just, uh, it's just like I didn't know how to socialize correctly. Um, <laughs> you know, and I just, I just never understood it. Um, also, um, I was overly, I had, um, what did they say? Like I was overly sensitive as far as like, uh, with my senses. So I have, even now I have very high anxiety, very high, um, took medication for some years. Um, and I just, I just never understood it. Cause I could never find anyone that was like me, if that makes sense. You know, um, there were some times that I was overstimulated, like as a kid, you know, just, um, I don't know, just like things just kind of like overstimulated me. Um, I really didn't like <laughs> stuff like flashing lights, stuff like sometimes it just like, I just, I thought that, I don't know, I just thought that I was just different, like flashing lights, even now, like, you know, if you go to a concert and there's like disco and flashing lights, like I, it's very hard for me to kind of stay in that. Um, what else? Let me see. Um, I don't know what else. I mean, like, cause I, I was like, if you just listen to, just to that, I was just different as a kid. Um, it was hard for me to maintain eye contact, um, sometimes. And I thought it was just because I just was nervous and I don't know. It was just different things. Um, but just hearing all of that, you know, not knowing certain things, I just thought that I was, I just thought that I was just different than my friends, and I never kind of gave two thoughts about it, right, um, and I just wish that I would have explored it more, because I, there was a lot of things I didn't like about myself, because I was different, like, I didn't like being different, you know, um, I just didn't like being different. I, I was trying so hard to feel normal, so to speak, but I just never did, right? Um, and a lot of times I just, I, even if, even if there were, there were things suggested to my mom or to me and it was kind of like, no, no, that's not, you know, no, you know, and I was very, in I'm, I mean, I'm <laughs> not that I was, but I am very intelligent, so I do well in school and if you see me with my friends and the people that I'm comfortable with you would just never think there's any type of problem and I'm even like that now like I am very friendly and I'm very kind of outgoing with the people that I'm comfortable with if that makes sense so like and I am more social um like you guys know clubhouse I can be very social on clubhouse but like in person, I'm a little bit more shy or a little bit more reserved, just depending on who you are. Um, and I think that uh, they kind of, they also kind of just immediately in fourth grade was just like, okay, you're, you just have anxiety, you know? And I think they tried to say ADHD, but it was like, you have anxiety. And so every symptom or everything that I did was just said I was having anxiety. there was um also because of my background you know um kind of in foster in and out of foster homes till I was three got adopted at five a lot of my behaviors were kind of missed 
uh, miscategorized as I'm just reacting to my background or I'm reacting to my situation. So that was another reason why I don't think that anyone kind of around me looked any further. It was kind of always like, oh, she's just, you know, reacting. Um, yeah, I, I if because I mean, if you look up symptoms of, of autism or Asperger's, um, as it's called, a lot of the, the like, you know, you see that uh, they don't they like to be alone. They don't like to share. They may be aggressive. They don't understand certain you know stuff like that and you know I didn't have those I kind of had the other side of them um so once again a lot of times if you have symptoms of this spectrum and they're not um I wouldn't say negative but they're not in that light you know I'm not sure how to put it but if they're not in that light then or they're not deemed as negative or deemed as a problem, then you can get misdiagnosed or not diagnosed at all. Your symptoms can be swept under the rug. And I think the reason why it's important to know kind of what's going on is because I feel like a lot, oh my gosh, if I can just, I wish I can pinpoint everything, but a, a lot of things could have been avoided for me. Um, I would have kind of had a better sense of self. I would also have been able to have specialists and everything else um, to kind of help me along and, you know, um, just kind of guide guide myself better. You know, um, I know that, like, I even even the way I reacted to change, and a lot of times I won't I won't verbalize it, but. I'll react to change not in the best way. Like, I don't like change. Even as an adult, like, when um, I have a relationship or a friendship with someone and stuff switches up, it's very hard for me to kind of accept that. It's very hard for me to kind of, like, go with it. I'm like, no, I like how it was. Let's just go back to the way it was. Why is it changing? I don't understand certain changes that most people would kind of be like oh this is life like I I don't I don't get it you know um and that's just kind of how my brain works um I can be deemed as impulsive not in a I mean well (laughs) I say not in a bad way but it's you know I'm just like once I have an idea it's like oh I stick to it I'm like a hundred percent let's go So let's fast forward to 2018. 2018 is when I had my youngest daughter, Amaya. Um, She is (laughs) um, a gift in herself. Um, Anyone who knows her, she's super intelligent, super um, just amazing. (laughs) But she is a light. Um, But there were just some things with her that was just drastically different than my other children um starter she didn't walk till she was a year and a half she didn't she still doesn't talk really she's three she's going on four um and she had super bad separation anxiety when it came to me and the people that she's and the the maybe three or four people that she's kind of very attached to um and you know she has a very high sensitivity to noise extremely high sensitivity to light like she cannot take flashing lights and I'm you know I thought I was bad but she she can't take flashing lights um she she's very uncomfortable with new people when it comes to like them being close to her um 
you know, and, and it was, it was a lot of stuff in, and also she has seizures since she was about two months. So it was just very, just a drastically different journey than my other children. And, you know, with Amaya, we couldn't explain her seizures for the first year because she was too young to test for anything. Um, so when she was about a year and a half, two years, she had another one and they started kind of naming things, but it was nothing that we can purely test for. Um, I want to say the end of 2020, beginning of 2021, she had a couple seizures and her doctor had mentioned, um, epilepsy, but I'm like, epilepsy, you know, (laughs) where did that come from? And she's, she's so young and, it, it was scary because, of course, you hear these things, you hear um, a pre-diagnosis, and you start searching the internet. And the problem with that is you see all these things like young kids with epilepsy not making it past a certain age, all this stuff. Um, and I already have high anxiety, so that kind of made it worse. Um, and, you know, when I say severe separation anxiety, I'm talking about, like, I couldn't go to the bathroom, I couldn't shower, I couldn't, I, if I left the room, if I wasn't in her sight, she would hysterically cry, kind of like, um, she was scared, you know, it was, it was pretty bad for a while, but she's gotten so much better, I'm so proud of her, by the way, um, but yeah, her talking was the biggest kind of giveaway, at first they thought it was, like, maybe just a language delay, like, oh, she'll be fine, you know, but, um, they started noticing that there was just a disconnect. You know, she tried to, she really tried to talk. She really did y'all. Um, but with every, with all of those personality kind of, um, traits and the seizures, she was, I want to say she was two going on three when they first introduced autism. And as a parent, that's scary because, you you just don't know what to expect. You you like I said, you go on the internet, you start reading stuff. And me, um, I'm adopted, so I don't know my extreme all of my family history, but I do know my biological family. But I'm like, I never heard autism in our family history, and and because the doctor was kind of saying it had to come somewhere. And her father's family, I didn't know any autism in his side, so I'm kind of like, okay, what's what is this? Um, long story short, she got pre-diagnosed two going on three. Her third birthday was August of last year and she saw a specialist in Atlanta. Um, she saw, uh, and she also saw her, of course, her doctor. And then she got the diagnosis from the specialist in Atlanta, as well as another program in Albany. And I was floored. <laughs> I was just like, whoa, like, I don't know why I just was just I I don't know I was just in shock it was just like okay what do I do with this you know how can I help but immediately I started looking up programs and specialists and how can I help her and it made me understand her a little more right so that's just the beginning um the specialist says uh you know she's talking to me after she's you know she talks to Maya and she's you know spending time with her a couple times um she's like you know, does it come from anyone? She's like, do you have it? Does the father have it? I said, no, I, <laughs> you know, and not, and not in like a bad way. Like I'm saying that it would be so wrong. But I'm like, no, I don't have anything like that. And she's like, okay. And she starts talking to me and asking me questions and certain things about, you know, how I, how I react to things. And I'm just like, you know, I'm thinking I'm just answering her questions because she's trying to compare it or something. 
Long story short, she says, well, I need you to take an assessment for me. And I said, she said, no, she said, I want you to take an assessment for me. And I'm like, okay. And the assessment that I take, um, it, it was based on like a points value and the points landed in, um, it's a possibility that you have autism. And I'm like, what? No. And I'm in the car. Um, it was, no, I think my, my daughter was in the car and I'm taking the assessment and, um, I turned to my son's father and I'm like, do you know what this is? Cause of course he's, you know, he's been there the whole time. So, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I think, no, 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 no. And so, um, I actually, I said, can you just send me another one? Like a different one. And I answer the questions and it comes the same way, except this one actually said you have it. Like, oh, you, yeah, you definitely have it. And so I'm talking to him and I'm like, oh my gosh, no. And I take, I promise you from that day until I think the week later, I probably took about 10 assessments and they all said the same thing. So then I talked to the specialist and she's like, yeah, she's like, no one has ever told you that you had it. I'm like no and I'm thinking like no way I'm getting diagnosed at 25 26 years old nothing else 26 so I'm like no way I'm getting diagnosed at 26 with autism you're kidding right like no there's this this something is wrong the tests are wrong and then it just made sense it I started thinking I'm like oh my god Okay, wait, that kind of makes a little bit of sense. And then she's like, the signs in adults are, you have trouble reading social cues. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, I don't, there's a lot of times I don't know people's true intentions. Like, I just kind of take it for face value or I take it for words. Um, You know, I am not good at reading body language or facial expressions. Facial expressions. Like, I can't tell if someone's bored with me or if someone. If someone's upset with me, um, you know, I like to, um, what else does she say? You know, um, I am very passionate about one or two things and <laughs> I'll talk about it till I'm blue in the face. Um, I have trouble building close friendships and that's because I, I mean, I just have a, that's just an emotional thing. I don't like let people close. You know, I um, have trouble regulating my emotions and I don't like changes in routines or in relationships. <laughs> like as far as like dynamics, like I don't like being good and then bad or, you know, um, you know, uh, quiet makes me nervous. I have deep anxiety. Uh, you know, I'm very hypersensitive. Um you know, I, you know, I can be perceived as socially awkward and stuff like that. You know, it's just all these things and I'm, I'm realizing kind of who I am and I have made peace with diagnosis, but I can honestly tell you guys when I actually got the official diagnosis, I had a meltdown. I started, well, but, and before I did that, I started asking people around me, like people that know me for years, Hey. If somebody said I was autistic, would you believe it? They were like, well, and you know, and that one person said, yeah, that, you know what? That makes sense. 
but then my godmother was like, no, I don't know. I mean, yeah, you, you have these things, but I don't think that, no, I don't think that's it, you know? And then, um, my mom said something else and my brother's like, yeah, I think, I think you're a little, you know, you're a little weird. I was like, what? <laughs> okay. So yeah, um, that's kind of my journey of kind of finding out, <laughs> um, and now it's kind of, and actually I, I recently learned that another family member had it. And then one of my young cousins who's younger than me is like, she's like, he's like eight or nine and he has it. Um, so it, yeah. <laughs> and now it's as an adult, I think I'm kind of just kind of managing my, you know, kind of the different aspects of it, still learning about it, still reading about it. As far as my daughter, um, she's it's more like I know how to help her because I know what she has you know so I can help her at a young age um she's thriving though anyway <laughs> she's thriving she's amazing um you know she'll she'll be seeing specialists for a little bit because we're still trying to get her to talk for real for real but um but she's she's saying a lot more words now um so I'm just I'm very very pleased with her progress but that's how I found out <laughs> I was an adult on the spectrum So the reason why I shared this story and this <laughs> journey, discovery, however you want to categorize it, um, for a number of reasons, as I have said before, this entire process or platform is really just to be transparent to help someone else. And I know someone else who recently got diagnosed with um, bipolar and she was talking to me and she's like, coach, you know, I just feel like she's like I just feel like no one's ever gonna really like like me or want to be around me because they're gonna assume certain things based off of a, a diagnosis and she said I feel like I can't get away from it because I feel like if I'm dating I have to tell people and she kind of goes on to just say that she feels like that diagnosis has made her like a little crazy because she's like now I just feel crazy but all it is is that I just have really bad mood swings and I shared my story to tell her you know um I, I shared my story with her and she first of all she was like what you no like she's like I don't know like I don't even look at you and see that you know and I think it's important to understand that a diagnosis doesn't have to define you um, yes, it may explain some things about you, but it doesn't have to define you. It can explain you, but it doesn't have to define you. And what I mean by that is um, you don't have to wear it on your sleeve, you know, even and, and because when I first found out, I had a little bit of an emotional breakdown. Once again, I'm hypersensitive. So um, and it explains why I did it, but it doesn't have to define me. I was in the car with my son's father. I'm just like, Derek, oh, my God, I was like, what in the world, you know? <laughs> and I started going on a list of all my flaws that I just thought that I had at the time. I'm like, I'm already this, I'm do this, this, and God's just going to end on autism, you know, or whatever, you know. And I just, and I just kind of felt like, you know, sometimes when we find out things about ourselves, it has like a negative connotation to it. And it's not, I feel like it's just something that once again can explain certain things and then it can help us. Because now, because if you if you could put a name to it, you can figure out a solution. You know what I'm saying? Because if you don't understand that maybe, you know, if you have the name to it, bipolar, you have a bad mood swings. Hey, guess what? 
sometimes your thing may just need maybe therapy someone else's maybe medicine but they will never be able to get the medicine without the diagnosis you know what I mean so um a diagnosis I look at it as you can treat it <laughs> you know you can treat it but if you don't know what it is you, how are you supposed to treat it how are you supposed to know which way to go you know and I don't think that it has to mean the end of your life whether it, your diagnosis is depression whether your diagnosis is <sighs> you know, something medical, you know, the, another diagnosis I have is COPD, which is chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. It's essentially a lung disease. Um, it is genetic. So I was born with it. I've never smoked guys, but, um, when I first got diagnosed in 2015, um, I thought that the, all the th between all the things that I read online, I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to play any sports anymore, which I've been playing since I was five, but I'm not going to be playing any sports anymore. I I'm not going to ever be able to coach. I'm going to have to do this. I'm a, like, and I just kind of already put all of these negative things out in the air, right? I put all of these, you know, stipulations on who I'm going to be and, and what I'm going to do until I was like, no, like this is not going to end my life. This is not going to stop me from doing what I want to do I just have to make modifications so guess what is this 2015 I was playing sports after that and coaching after that coaching soccer and softball and soccer you know you're running up and down the field with them and practice and everything guess what I just had a couple more inhalers guess what I just had a uh, I just had to drink water I just had to monitor my breathing I just had to do you know just to keep an eye on things so it's all about just living your life and still going forward with it, with who you are and what you want to do. And sometimes you just have to make modifications and that's okay. Make the modifications so you can stay healthy. Make the modifications so you can stay sane. Make the modifications so you can still do what you want to do. Just with, you may just have a different path than someone else. You know, um, I know that because I know that, um, there's a name for certain things like my anxiety or my hypersensitivity. Um, you know, <laughs> when it comes to be, you know, being, you know, a little bit more emotional than other people whose brains are not like mine, you know, um, I know what it is. So I know how to work on it or how to fix it or how to kind of watch out for certain things. You know, even when I have anxiety attacks or I can feel a feel a um, like a panic attack coming on, I know how now I know how to slow it down, stop it, you know, or even to handle it if if it does come. So a diagnosis doesn't have to mean the end of your life. You know, um, it can help you understand who you are and it can help you understand why you do things. And then. When you understand that, you can work to your strengths and strengthen your the areas that are that may not be so strong. Honestly, my diagnosis, yeah, I kind of had a <laughs> I had a little bit of a um overly emotional reaction. But when I kind of calmed down, I thought about it, I'm like, you know what? This can help me help my daughter. This can, you know, it put a different perspective on how I grew up and who I was. You know, it um it's not easy all the time being different or feeling so different 
But one of the things that I found is just, um, well, therapy helps a lot. But <laughs> one of the things I found um, was just to kind of be able to love myself and just to know who I am and say, hey, this is how God made me. And he doesn't make mistakes, right? So that's just kind of how I look at it. You know, a diagnosis is a, a part of you. It's it's one simple aspect of yourself. You are way more than that. You know, you're way more than that. And I just think that... I think that we have to look at it as, you know, this is just, it's just a name for something. Just like, you know, our hair is brown. Hey, I have autism. It's, it's part of my DNA. It's just part of who I am, you know, and we have to see that. Um, you have to be willing to, you have to be willing to wield the power of words, you know, speak life into who you are into what you will become, you know, um, just always remember that you need to look at yourself the way God sees you and God sees you as the apple of his eye. So that doesn't, that means whatever, (laughs) whatever diagnosis you have, you're still amazing. You're still royalty. You are still the apple of God's eye, you know, so That's why I shared it for anyone who has been going through it, you know, and to have a client who's like, that's how they feel. And I'm like, listen, that's how I used to feel. You know, that that's how I used to feel. So and even with her hearing my story, she's like, oh, wow. Like, because you're just not a person that I would expect that would have that type of diagnosis, you know, um, She's just like, oh, that's, I just didn't expect that. Okay, that makes me feel a little bit better. You know, even for the people that um, that I played uh, sports in with college or after college, they couldn't even, they're like, oh, we thought you had like asthma, but not like something serious, you know, because I just know so many people who have sat down and not even tried because, the oh, the doctor said I had this or the specialist said I had that, you know. So let, you know, just let yourself be defined as like who you are, your character, your integrity, your dignity, your gifts, your, you know, who you are inside, not, not something that is on a piece of paper. But at the same time, it's important to pay attention to it because it can help you. It can, it can help you understand who you are, why you think the way you do, why your brain works the way you do. So then you can kind of be able to kind of maneuver around that, you know? And also, this is kind of for other people, but don't immediately judge someone or, you know, you shouldn't be judging at all, but don't judge someone because you don't think the way they do or because you don't understand the choices that they make because you never know what's going on with them or what's going on inside their head. You know, don't put someone down because they may deal with something that you don't. Everybody deals with something. Some people's dealings are just more public or more on the outside. They're more visible, they're more transparent, they're more tangible than yours. But don't, for one second, think that, you know, 
someone having a diagnosis makes them better or worse than you, you know? Um, I just think that we all need to be kind to each other, kinder to ourselves, definitely kinder to ourselves. We need to stop being such big, you know, critics of who we are and tearing ourselves down like, oh, we ain't nothing because we have this, we have that. No, I don't care if you're bipolar, you're still important, you're still worthy, you're still valued. I don't care if you're, you know, if you were dying of a depression, you are still worthy, you are still valuable. Don't let anyone tell you who you are. You tell, uh, you present yourself as who you are. No one else's words should have a bearing on how you see yourself, unless they, because the, the people that actually matter to you are going to only speak life into you, only speak positivity vibes or thoughts or however you want to put it into you just remember that thank you so much for listening to this episode i was a little nervous about being this vulnerable sharing something like this um because like i said it's been kind of like a discovery thing for me for the past um past like eight nine months so I'm still learning about it, still learning how to best help myself, um, best understand myself, and best love myself through the process. So I just wanted to help be able to help someone else. And I really hope this helps at least someone live in their truth, own who they are, and love who they are. Because every part of you is worthy, is valuable, and is lovable. And the right people, the good people, the people that are supposed to be in your life are going to value every part of you and they won't put you down. They will only speak life into you, only tell you how amazing you are. And the diagnosis does not define you. It does not. (laughs) If anything, it just explains you and you're able to um, best help yourself. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we'll meet you again for Can I Pray For You?